Are you a mom looking to unlock your inner superpower and reach your highest potential? Then the Real Life Moms podcast is for you. It's about being more than just a mom. It's about living the life you desire. So click the link in the show notes and get empowered today. Hi, I'm Billy, and this is the Unlock Your Child's Full Potential podcast, where we discuss how to teach our children the lessons we wish we had learned earlier the skills that will give them a head start in life. No one teaches you how to be a great mother. And unless you had a great mother to emulate, you have no idea what that even looks like. I believe that we all want to be the best moms and create an environment where our children can blossom into the best versions of themselves. And each of us has uncovered some part of that truth. Let's tap into the collective wisdom and inspire each other to become the moms our kids deserve us to be. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so thankful for all of you who keep tuning in, eager to learn another lesson not taught in school. Today, my guest Mandy Pratt and I discuss how to keep our children safe and sound by giving them the tools they need to feel secure in this wild world. As parents, our ultimate mission is to raise strong, resilient, and self-assured children, and self-defense can play a key role in that. Mandy found herself in an abusive relationship and after leaving her husband, she wanted to know real, actionable tips to help protect herself and her young son from a crazy life situation that left them with the FBI at the front door. Over the past decade, she has spent countless hours in hands-on training from a top-level self-defense instructor. She claimed her life and power back and now teaches other women how to do the same through her podcast and training on emotional and physical self-defense. Let's hear from Mandy and why she thinks it's important to start educating kids about self-defense early on in an age-appropriate way. Hi, Mandy. I'm so excited to talk to you and learn about physical and emotional self-defense. As a mom of three girls, I'm very interested in the topic. Very important. Thank you for having me. Please share with us uh, your background story so we get to know you a little better. Sure. So I am now 50 and my son is now 21. But back when my son was little, um, unfortunately, I found us in an abusive situation. I was married to somebody who became abusive and it slowly crept in. So it started with some verbal abuse emotional abuse, and it eventually led to physical abuse. And I left when my son was three, because I didn't want him to grow up in that environment. And it was very scary. I didn't have some glamorous career that was going to set us off on a you know great footing or anything. But I knew that I wanted to live in peace. And I wanted to keep my son and myself safe. So we left and I just took it one day at a time. I would love to say, Everything was rosy and great after we left, but it wasn't. It was difficult for a while, Um, definitely worth it, but it was difficult. So I had to get a restraining order against my former husband because he would do things like show up to where my son was being babysat and try to break into the house, take him out. And that instance took the police 20 minutes to show up. So obviously that's a little too late. Luckily, we had some friends show up at that time, and they were big males, so they happened to kind of scare him off. But that was one of the instances where I realized, you know, that it's time for me to be able to stick up for me and stop being vulnerable and helpless 
but the main instance where that helped me really see that was the day that the FBI showed up at my door. So I had been gone and I came home to a little business card tucked into the side of the front door and it said FBI uh, robbery unit and coroner's unit. And I thought, oh my gosh, great. So either he has carried through on the suicide attempts, which were usually just manipulations to try to get me back, or it was because he had robbed again. So he had be gotten into a gambling addiction and started robbing from casinos. I went right inside and called the number and I was surprised to find an FBI agent on the other line asking me if I had known about my husband. He said, I hope he's your ex-husband's whereabouts because we've been looking for him for the past six to nine months. And I was dumbfounded. And he said that um, my former husband had robbed multiple banks throughout multiple counties in California. And so he asked if he could come speak to me the next day because he wanted to ask some questions. It wasn't because they needed my corroboration or anything like that. So I said, yes, because obviously I wanted to know more because my son was having visits with his father. So he came over the next morning, the FBI agent, and pretty much laid out all the evidence. So yeah, went away for, I can't remember what the sentence was, but he only actually served like, I don't know, seven years or something. You know, when he came out, I wanted to be ready. And so over that time, I had started studying self-defense because I wanted to not feel so helpless. I had actually gotten remarried during that time, but I can't really count on somebody else because they might always be with me or whatnot. So I decided to be able to protect myself. So I learned self-defense and it's helped me with confidence and also kind of getting my power back because um, abusive relationships are really all about power and the abuser likes to have power over in all different forms. That's how I feel like I got my power back. The bottom line being that it is important to be able to help yourself and help your kids and teach them to be able to advocate for themselves and teach them what healthy relationships are and unhealthy relationships. I read some scary statistics recently that one in three women will be attacked with the intent of sexual assault in their lifetime. Pretty scary. Mm -hmm. What are some simple things we can do to stay safe? I want to, first of all, just differentiate that there is like what we call, you know, stranger danger. And then also it's important for people to know that there's intimate partner violence, which was my experience. We don't want to go around being afraid of everybody, right? But um, I think it's important to teach our kids that sometimes the people we know can do things that aren't so safe. That's why it's important to teach them age-appropriate things about this. I have a course that I teach, and a lot of what I'm teaching is just street smart. So it's just how to be aware naturally, you know, not by being nervous all the time and always looking over your shoulder, but it's just being grounded and being present with where you're at at the moment. When I go out and walk my dog, I am present with what I'm doing. So I'm not distracted on my phone, checking my email at that time because I'm outside and I don't know what's going to happen outside. So I'm paying attention to my dog and I'm paying attention to my surroundings, but not in a freaked out way. It's just like, oh, look at those birds are so pretty and they're up in the tree, you know, and 
just being Mm -hmm. present and, and enjoying that moment, paying attention, not being distracted. That's key because I know it's tempting nowadays with our cell phones to just keep our head down and be engulfed in what we're doing. But um, when we're out and about, I think it's important to pay attention to what we're doing. Yeah. And maybe be careful what situations you put yourself into. Oh, yeah, definitely. Things can happen in the day or at night, but um, our intuition tells us things. And we need to listen to that intuition and teach our kids about that. Because what it is, is it, it's our subconscious collecting all these different clues. And that is what makes you feel uneasy. And so it's paying attention to that and not just pushing through it going, oh, I must be too paranoid or whatever. It's no, I'm noticing something that's not right. So I'm going to pause and I'm going to think about this for a second or flee or whatever you need to do. Point being act on what I'm feeling, right? So if I walk into a coffee shop and I notice somebody has on a trench coat and it's summer and he's sweating and he looks nervous, that makes me not feel so right. So what am I going to do? Am I going to just stand there and hope for the best? No, I'm going to either turn around and leave and just go to a different coffee shop, or I'm going to hang out outside and wait till that person's out, whatever the case, whatever you choose that you may do, but it's acting on that intuition. And, you know, maybe it's nothing, but maybe it is. So I'd rather be safe than sorry. It has been on my mind for some time that I need to enroll my girls in some kind of martial arts class so they can defend themselves if needed. I'm not sure what type is best. What's your take on it? A couple things on that. One, um, not only will they be able to defend themselves better, but also it helps them gain confidence in themselves and their ability. And I think maybe even help them advocate for themselves. And I think as parents, like that's really important for us to help them understand that you need to say what you want, you know, in a kind way and teach them how to ask for what they need. Of course, another side note too, is I feel like with girls, like, especially with my age, like we were brought up with the training of like, always be nice and kind and gentle, Mm -hmm. which is great. But we need, we need our kids to understand that there's a time to get super nasty, like a cornered cat, you know, how they hiss and like they scratch and they do all of those things when it's not safe. Sometimes you can even do like a fun exercise. Like I never would have thought of this with my son when we're, when he was young is like having a, a competition, like, let's see who can yell the loudest you go, then me, you know, you can like do that in the car or like when you go through a tunnel or something and you can just make it fun. And that way they get used to like using their voice. Yeah, um, even even better, you could teach them to say the word no, like you mean it. You could be driving in the car and be like, hey, let's have a competition. Who can yell the word no the loudest? Because I always tell people, everybody always wants to know, like, what's the best self-defense tool? <laughs> and there's so many tools. And the key really to those is picking one that you're comfortable with and then practicing with it and keeping it in the same place. But we forget a lot of times that our best self-defense tool really, I think, is our brain and it's preventing things and listening to that intuition. And another thing that we always have on us is our voice, mm-hmm. because if you use that really loud no, if somebody's approaching you and you don't feel safe or something, if you say in a like a meek voice and you say, uh, what do you need? Or you say no, like super loud. I'm not going to do it now. Blow out the audio. But that's something 
to do ourselves and teach our kids, you know, because honestly, criminals are looking for an easy target. So they look for people who look um, not focused. They look distracted. This was actually a proven study done with prisoners that were in a prison. They asked them, what do you look for? And they spot the victim like super quick. And it's because they're distracted. They look meek or like weak. So we don't want to do that. So we want to look like we're on a mission going somewhere on purpose. We want to look, hold your head up high with your shoulders back. Don't be hunched over and engulfed in your phone or something like that. That's what we want to do. So the best thing is to build their confidence. Yeah. And you had asked about which martial art. I don't think it really matters. What does matter is I would ask them, like, do you also teach street smarts and like how to be aware? Can you teach them that? Mm -hmm. Um, I know as as adults, I always recommend that because women ask me that for adults. And I always say that um, Krav Maga is the best. It's like street fighting. So they'll teach you how to actually like take somebody down just in like a common sense type of way. Not that martial arts is not common sense, but it's just more like real fighting, street fighting kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe they teach that to kids. I'm not sure. But I, I would think that any of them would be good. Um, it'd be better than nothing for sure because it teaches them confidence, teaches them some moves. You know, the best moves we can make too are with our own elbows, our heels. You can use those to uh, fight somebody off. The key is to prevent if we're able to. So again, it's using your brain. It's using your voice. It's paying attention to that intuition. It's being aware of your surroundings. Okay. And the tricky part is to prepare them and empower them without frightening them. Exactly. Exactly. And so you can even bring it up and just remind them like, hey, you know what? This is a wonderful world that we live in and we have the best friends and family and we are so blessed. I know you've been seeing stuff on the news or hearing things, you know, about really mean people. And sometimes that does happen, but it's not the majority. Whatever you want to say, that's like an in into discussing it. And again, it's important, I think, to let them know that Sometimes even people we know will like do strange things that we never would have expected. And again, that rarely ever happens. But if it does, it's really important that you let somebody know like me and you won't get in trouble. Yeah, that's important. Let's talk about emotional abuse because we talked mm. about the physical one. What about uh, when it's in a relationship we're currently in? What are some signs? Right. I'm so glad you brought that up because Emotional abuse isn't talked about as much. Usually we are talking about a different type of abuse, um, like physical abuse or sexual abuse. And emotional abuse is just as dangerous. And by the way, this is exactly what I went through. That's basically my story. So emotional abuse can be things like blame shifting, uh, minimizing, rationalizing. Here's an example. I remember when my former husband and I were getting counseling and he was ordered to go to anger management. This was after he abused me physically. He came back from the meeting, you know, with all the other guys in anger management and told me, geez, you should hear what some of those other guys did. That was nothing what I did to you. So that is minimizing and that is not right, not healthy. Blame shifting is another example would be 
I found out he was gambling and I left. So he stopped us and, you know, I said, what happened? And he said, oh, that wasn't me. I don't know what they're talking about. They made that up. That's blame shifting or he'll blame me for it. You know, well, I had to gamble because you X, Y, Z, whatever. Are you able to recognize that we're in the situation or you need an outside person to bring your attention to it? That's a great question. So a lot of times this is the case of, you know, you're sitting in it and it starts to happen so gradually. And before you know it, you're way into it. Here you are in this hugely emotionally abusive relationship. And it's noticing things that don't feel right. And it's where, you know, you start to feel like you're crazy, but you're not. It's them. I have a really excellent resource for that, uh, which I'll share in a minute. But I just want to help people to know, like, if that happens, get out now. And now is never early enough. Stats show that just about every instance of verbal abuse, emotional abuse eventually turns into physical abuse. And again, just emotional abuse by itself is enough to leave and get to safety. So two resources, actually, I have. One is a good friend of mine who started a great resource. The website is themendproject.com. So it's the, T-H-E, mend, like you're sewing or you're mending, M-E-N-D, project.com. And on that website, she names all of these behaviors like blame shifting, minimizing, gaslighting, all of that stuff. Really the, the key to, to discovering that you're in this is naming what's happening to you. So that's why I always tell people to go to that website and read all the different things. And you would look at that and then um, really see it is see it for what it is. And the other uh, resource I would say is the domestic violence hotline. Even if you have a friend being abused, you can use that line and ask them for help, like advice. What do I do for my friend or my sister or whomever, you know, Mm -hmm. they're there to answer questions and they're experts. So that's what it's there for. Okay. I was wondering if, for example, my daughter a few years ahead is in some kind of relationships that I see red flags and I draw her attention to this, but she's not able to see it. Does she have to get to it by herself or I can help her, just show her, you know, this is happening. You have to mm-hmm. get out of this relationship. If I were you, I mean, every situation is different. And just from what I know, which is not a lot, but if, if I were you in this situation, I might show her that website, themendproject.com and just ask her, you know, I'm not sure what's happening in your relationship. I have some cause for red flags. Maybe check it out yourself through this website and see what you think. I would also, as the mother, I would um, contact the domestic violence hotline and I would ask them like, hey, I'm concerned about my daughter. I see some red flags. What would you recommend? So they would probably have some good ideas for you. Okay, that's good advice. Thank you. You've written a book, Two Things to Know Before Buying Pepper Spray. Would you tell us a few things about it? Sure. Yeah, I wrote it because I couldn't find the info I was looking for. Because when I went and got the self-defense training, you know, I was trained by somebody super gnarly. Um, he's the one that like trains SWAT teams and police. So, you know, he was just teaching me how to use a firearm or a knife, you know, and I was like, well, 
as women, like, what about pepper spray? Like, we want to know about pepper spray. And so he was like, well, I don't know about pepper spray. It's probably not going to work. But as women, we always hear, you know, carry pepper spray in your purse or your keychain or whatever. And so I wanted to know. So I went and found out I had to like search for all the info. And, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to put this all together in one place for women. So they have this information because I wanted to know, like, does it really work? How do you use it? What kind do I buy? All of that kind of stuff. I talk about all that in the book and it's on Amazon. It's like super easy to read because this is important. So we Um, should buy the pepper spray. If you're willing to carry it and know how to use it and practice, they even have a practice spray, which is just water that comes out of that same kind of can. Like I have mine right with me. It's good as a distraction. With pepper spray, I would only use that for distance. So if I got hand-to-hand fight with somebody, I would not use my pepper spray because it would get on me and then that's just a bad thing. In fact, some of those can reach up to 15 feet or even more, I believe it was. Wow, Um, that's a lot. I know. So it's meant for, let's say, for example, I was in a parking lot. And for some reason, I'm the only one there at the moment. And this creep comes from around the corner and he keeps coming at me. And I use my voice and I say, stop or no, very loud. Right. But he keeps coming at me. I'm going to already have my hand on the pepper spray because I know exactly where it is because I keep it in the same place every day. And I'm going to open it. And if he comes any closer, which is By the way, when somebody's running towards you, it happens really fast. So you have to do all this before you even think you might need it, you know, so you just get ready. And then if I needed to, I would spray him with that and it would just give me a second to get a head start running away and yelling, call 911. Best thing is to run away. Exactly. Yep. That's one of my points in the book is um, the whole point. The goal is to escape and get to safety. We don't want to be hand-to-hand fighting with somebody. And a side note, I also, I don't like to carry pepper spray on a keychain because then you lose the surprise element because they see that, right? So they know I'm going to go for that. So I keep this inside my purse somewhere special or um, in my pocket or wherever I choose, but it's always going to be in that same place. And I know what it feels like without looking at it. So I know how to, how to open it and get it ready. Should I give a pepper spray to my girls like when they're teens and they go out? Right. Um, so you have to look up your state and what um, the laws are. So you could even call your police department or you can Google it and ask them about it. Because there, usually there's requirements like you can only buy pepper spray that's less than like three ounces or you have to be 18. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to touch upon? I would say kudos to you for thinking about your younger kids and helping them already in an age appropriate way. I think that's important, you know, because it's difficult when they get older. Like I know as myself, you know, when I was like 16, I was already thinking I knew everything and (laughs) all of that. So That's why I think it's important to start younger and just with little tidbits, like you don't have to sit them down and be like, oh my gosh, like here's everything you need to know. I'm going to pile all this stuff on you and I hope you remember, you know, we don't want to freak them out. So 
Yeah. It's just little tidbits, little baby steps along the way, kind of like what we were talking about before. Thank you for bringing words to this important topic. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. I learned so much. Please tell our listeners about your podcast, uh, where they can find you and learn more from you. Sure. So it's pretty easy to find me. I'm under the same name on everything. So it's Women Aware and Prepared. So that's my website, uh, womenawareandprepared.com. And that's also my Instagram and also my podcast. So that makes it super easy. So on my podcast, the first two episodes, I share my own crazy story. We were also in the news a couple times. And then I have other guests with me, other experts that are sharing about social media, how to keep our kids safe when they're on social media, and teen dating relationship violence. We're talking about that. I'm sure I'll be listening. I subscribed already. Thank you. Okay, I'm hopping in for just a minute to tell you about the free resource I recently created. It's called the Connection Blueprint, and it consists of five tools that will help you improve the relationship with your child and create an environment where your kid feels seen, heard, and loved. After all, all the lessons we want to teach our kids require us to first have a trusting relationship with them so that they're ready to hear our advice and lean on our support. Anytime I feel disconnected and out of sync with my own children, I get back to this blueprint, put the tools to practice, and it works wonders. I'm sure having a loving and trusting relationship with your kids is a top priority for you too. So check the show notes and get your copy of the Connection Blueprint. Thank you so much for listening and letting me be a part of your day. If you enjoyed this episode or the show in general, please share it with a friend and help me reach more moms around the world. I would also appreciate it if you consider leaving me a review. Reviews are literally the lifeblood of a podcaster and help me so much. Don't forget to subscribe so you get notified when a new episode drops. See you next week.